when Jesus had made an end of commanding his 12 disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. And when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? That's what John the Baptist wants to know. So in the first, uh, in the early days, he can't send a text message. He just sends a messenger and says, John wants to know, are you the Christ or do we look for another? I think that's interesting and I won't preach that. But verse four, look at Jesus, look at Jesus' response. Jesus answered and said unto them, what's he say? Say it with me. Go and show. All right. That's what Jesus told those two, those messengers to do. He sent the two back to John, and he says, you go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. And he mentions some. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Jesus says to a, to a, discouraged, to a discouraged preacher, John the Baptist of all people. Just go back and show him and tell him what you have seen me do. You see the lives that are changed. Am I on? I'm, I'm not right in front of my speaker there, so I feel, I feel quiet. Okay. So go and show. All right? So that tells me that your testimony... And my testimony can be a wonderful encouragement to someone who is greatly discouraged. Everybody has a story. You understand that? Every one of us has a story. And every story is different. And your story may touch someone else and encourage them, whereas mine wouldn't relate to them. So your testimony... What you, have, what you have witnessed in your own life, what you have seen the Lord do in your own life, is something that needs to be told. It needs to be told not just, for, not just for you. And I don't need to tell my story just for me. But it can also be a help to somebody else. So, I want us to go to Acts chapter 22 to start off with. All right? And I want to ask you a question tonight. What's your story? What's your story? Next 22 is uh, the last place we were in uh, the book of Acts a few weeks ago. I don't know when we were there. Um, Acts chapter 22. I, I preached it. I don't know if it was a Sunday morning. Sunday, I don't know. It might have been before I went to the Philippines. But I preached Acts 22, uh, verse 1, uh, somewhere down there around verse 21, I believe. And here, you'll remember, Paul is being persecuted. Uh, the, the Roman guard, the Roman captain, came and got Paul when they were just about to pull him apart. They were just about to kill him. They were beating him. And so they got in there and separated them. And uh, they carried Paul away. And Paul asked for an opportunity to speak to his accusers. And he speaks in chapter 22 and verse 1. And, and he, begins, he begins telling them these important things. Right? 
And in that moment, Paul isn't preaching the gospel in the sense that he is delivering an outline message. He is simply telling them what Jesus had done in his life. All right? So he's trying to be very relatable. And he starts out being very relatable because he's trying to show them, listen, I'm just like you. I, I know who you are. I'm, I'm just like you. And I, I, I dealt with that throughout the message, but I wanted to do it in a small group style tonight and get us to thinking, and we're going to go to Acts chapter 9 as well in just a moment. So let's, let's look in, well, let's start with verse 1 and we'll read down to verse 4, and then I'll ask you a question. Uh, Men and brethren and uh, uh, fathers, hear ye my defense, which I make now unto you. And when they heard that, he spake in the Hebrew tongue to them. They, they kept the more silence. And he saith, I am verily a man, which am a Jew, born in Tarsus. Okay, he's, he's speaking to, to Jews. Um, he says, I'm, I'm just like you. I was born in tar- Tarsus, I, a city in Cilicia. I was, yet I was brought up in this city in Jerusalem at the feet of Gamaliel, a very respected teacher of the law. And he, he says, he, I taught according to the perfect manner of the law, the fathers, and was zealous toward God as you are all this day. And I persecuted this way unto the death, binding and delivering into prisons both men and women. So, he's making an attempt here to drop the guard a little bit, get people to relax a little bit, and get their attention. I, I'm, just, I'm just like you. So, I want to ask you a question tonight. And I, we're not going to do a whole lot of comment in this, but I want, to, I want to ask you a question. Do you remember who you were? Do you remember who you were before you became a Christian? All right? It's important sometimes to remember who we were. Now, sometimes it's dangerous because sometimes the devil wants to remind us who we were. And he puts in front of us that we can never change. Sometimes it can be dangerous. I remember who you were. I remember who you used to be. What about this right here? I think Paul struggled with those thoughts, honestly, because in much of his writings he talks about those things. I used to do this. I did this. I I think it's something that was often close to the back of his head, spiritual warfare and things. Who were you? Let me ask you this. How old were you when you came to Christ? Somebody give me some answers. Seven years old. Thirteen years old. Fourteen years old. Give me some more. What? Forty-two years old. What would you say? Thirty-two. Twenty-two. Give me this side. 47. Who was that? Michael Bell. 47. I didn't think he was that old, Michael Bell. I didn't, I didn't, honestly, I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm, I'm 49. I just didn't, I didn't, I don't, I don't know how, I can't remember how long you've been saved, so I don't know. 21 years. No kidding. Well, I'm complimenting you. I wouldn't have known that. All right? 49. Who else? 11. 28. Anybody above 49? 51. 
Ah, Jeff Hudgens. Amen. Who else? Somebody over here? He was 50. Anybody over 51? That's a, everybody's got a different story, right? I've often heard preachers say, you know, that kids, they get saved. Some of you are seven years old. You were saved from sin because you hadn't had a chance to really do anything huge, right? But you're a bet. <laughs> and then a and then 51-year-old was saved out of sin, all right? And you can think what you want to about that phrase. But there's, you know, some people, they get saved, and they're, they're taken off the street or the jail, whatever. Some, praise the Lord, they got saved when they're young, and they never drank anything stronger than a Coca-Cola. You know, praise God for both testimonies, right? Praise God for both of them. Every, but, but that's your story. Everybody's got a different story, right? Uh, but that, that, that is yours. And some of you, you can talk about that. You can s- sit down and I, I just, I don't want to glory in sin, so I don't want to make a big deal over that right now. I don't want that to be our focus. But you can sit down with somebody and this is, this is who I was. And sometimes it really gets their attention when you can say, I used to be just like you. That causes them to perk up, especially if you ain't nothing like them now. No, really. I had one young man tell me one time, he says, you're just telling me that so that I'll listen to you. I said, you don't bet. I said, how detailed do you want to go? You got a story. Everybody has a story. Look in verse verse 5. He says, and also... The high priest doth bear me witness in all the estate of the elders, from whom also I received letters of the brethren who went to Damascus to bring them which were there bound into Jerusalem for to be punished. And it came to pass as I made my journey and was come nigh unto Damascus about noon, suddenly there shone from heaven a great light round about me. And I fell into the ground and heard a voice saying unto me, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And I answered, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, he said unto me, I'm Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecutest. And they that were with me saw indeed the light and were afraid, but they heard not the voice of him that spake to me. And I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said unto me, Arise and go in Damascus, and there, uh, there it shall be told thee of all things which are appointed for thee to do. And when I could not see for the glory of the light, being led by the hand of them that were with me, I came unto Damascus. Here's my second question. Do you remember where you were? When Jesus called your name, when he came knocking on your door, somebody share with me. Somebody share with us.
isn't that fitting. The Bible. Amen. Amen. That is good. God took your sins out with the trash, didn't he? He did not win that night. Amen. Give me another one. Where were you? Jesus called, Jesus came by. He called your name that night. Arise. Just a couple of years ago, a few years ago, I guess. Who else? Brian? I'll come back to you. <laughs> Amen. Christy? Amen. Brother Junior Hale, it was a Wednesday night service. How about that? Everybody's got a different story. Understand that? You're at different places. Some people's at home, some people's at church, somebody's at a special meeting. Uh, somebody just gets a gospel track, right? Everybody's got a different story. The important thing is you got a story, right? That's the important thing. That's the place where that night the Holy Spirit spoke to your heart and he woke you up. And a lot of times it shakes you up so bad you just can't get away from it. You can try to run from it. You can go somewhere else. But he just isn't going to let it go. And that's when the, uh, you, you could have been doing the same old thing for a long time. And then... All at once, God's, God comes for you. The important thing is you, you turn to him. At that moment, Saul did not run from God. He simply asked, who art thou, Lord, and what will you have me to do? Right? Change your life, putting your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, let's go on. Look at verse 12. He says, uh, And one Ananias, is a devout, uh, one Ananias, a devout man, according to the law, having a good report of all the Jews which dwelt there, came unto me and stood and said unto me, Brother Saul, receive thy sight. In the same hour I looked up upon him, and he said, The God of our fathers hath chosen thee, that thou shouldest know his will and see that just one, and shouldest hear the voice of his mouth. For thou shalt be his witness unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard. And now why tarest thou? Arise and be baptized. Wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. All right, here's my next one. Who helped you? Who helped get you to Jesus? Javon? Amen. His wife, you said? She helped you. Did you go to church there? Did your parents take you? Praise the Lord. Somebody over here raise their hand. Liz?
That's right, at a barbecue. helped you. That puts in a great perspective when the Bible says that Paul planted and Apollos watered. Everybody, everybody has their part. God's the one that does the increase. God's the one that saves. Jesus is the one that saves, right? But every man is rewarded according to his own labor. God knows every person that had a part in your life and how you got there. Because it's usually not just one person. Sherry? when life changed. She could have stayed home, you know it? She could have stayed home. How about that? Sure enough. Yeah. How about that? Pastor Brandon's going to go visit Miss Sarah tomorrow. You're going to have a good time. Who else? Yeah, that's good. Amen. Got another one? Mm. Boy, that's, that's good, ain't it? They didn't quit on you either. <laughs> Those kids aren't listening. Doing no good. Keisha? You was checking out a retail store? And it, you was working. I see. And he asked you. <laughs> checking him out. <laughs> This is not a confessional, okay? I, I purposely said you don't have to tell me what you used to be. Okay, so he asked you. Amen. That's good. Good stuff. All right, let's go forward. 
All right, somebody, the important thing is somebody helped you get there. All right, none of us got there by ourselves. Now, you might have you prayed at home by yourself. But somebody got you to the gospel. Somebody somewhere along the way. All right, so let's, let's, let's look at this next one. I want you to go, I want you to go with me to Acts chapter 9 because there's something that happened here in chapter 22, Paul is telling his side of these things, but there's some more input there concerning Ananias in chapter 9 that the Holy Spirit gives us. So look with me in Acts 9 and verse 10. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street, which is called Straight. And inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. And has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in, putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way. For he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my namesake. There it is right there. I just got to stop right here. The only thing that Ananias needed to worry about was whether or not he would say, I will. Because if he would, then Jesus said, I will. Jesus will do his part. He just wants to involve in us to do our part. So he says in verse 17, And Ananias went his way and entered the house and put in his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. So there we see a conversation between the Lord and Ananias that Paul did not give us in Acts chapter 22 because Paul wasn't there in that conversation between the Lord and Ananias. So, you're looking at the other side of things. And the question I want to ask now is, do you remember the first person you led to the Lord? Do you remember that? Who wants to share that with you? Does that one stand out to you? Your son. Was that at home? All right. She loves Halloween time, doesn't she? She's got a lot to celebrate. Who else? Anybody else want to share? Yeah. Your grandfather. Tell me about that. about that you get saved you think so so you went and you reached him and you got him in the church and got him underneath the gospel all right who else tonight y'all have heard mine my first one was a chewing the back of 75 year old 
who couldn't read, running down her chin. It wasn't even the person I was after. But it was the one the Holy Spirit was after. Right? Who up? Somebody raise your hand. Pam? I bet it did. You never, you don't forget that first one, right? See, see, here's the thing. Okay, we can relate to Ananias in that when when the Holy Spirit is urging us to go and visit somebody, go and share the gospel with someone, it is it is very natural for all of us to offer some kind of excuse. Oh, I know that guy. I don't want to go visit that guy. Or what are they going to say? Are they going to be offended if I do this? I, I want us to see there in the scripture, the Lord didn't really care about our excuses. That, that didn't matter. Ananias could say reasons. Lord, I heard of this man. He's, he's, he destroys Christianity. He's persecuting the faith. That's what he's here for. We've all heard of this guy. The Lord don't really, he, don't, he doesn't argue. He doesn't waste one breath arguing with Ananias whether or not he should do it. The only question is, will he or won't? Will he do it? Right? And when you surrender yourself to that and you're obedient to that, it's an opportunity for somebody's life to be changed for eternity. And what is really cool about it is God, of all the people, God chose you to go share it to them. And it's almost like you got saved all over again. It is thrilling. Right? So, Ananias, we, he struggled just like we do. But when we're obedient and all of a sudden that person gets saved, but I know this, even if they choose not to get saved, I can go back and I can hold my head up and I don't feel sorrowful because I was obedient to the Lord. I know I did what I was supposed to do. I can't save anybody, but I can choose to be obedient. And when, and when you do choose to be obedient and you see God working, man, That'll take all your discouragement away. Amen? Amen. My first one that got saved is not the first one I witnessed to, by far. I'd witnessed to a lot. I just, when I finally got the one, it was a big old fish that I was like, love to get in the boat, right? It was a great day. All right, so, got to move. Uh, look at verse 18. Verse 18, Keisha mentioned this. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. I want to I question you. Raise your hand. How many of you are baptized right away? I don't mean that day, but like within, let's say, a week or two. All right. All right. Who waited a while? All right. What were you waiting on? I'm just messing with you. All right? I'm just messing with you. Lord changes our life. That's a big deal. I was talking to somebody about this the other day. 
Salvation is an inward decision. That's between you and the Lord. Baptism is a public profession. I'm not ashamed. The important thing is, you can tell people, I followed the Lord in believers' baptism. I got saved on a Thursday. I was baptized on a Sunday. My brother got saved. I can't remember. He was about five years later before he got baptized. I'm just glad he did. I just followed the Lord. And in fairness, we our family wasn't in church at that time. Uh, I was I was blessed. My family was in church at that time. So, the thing is, is that you follow the Lord, and you take that step. You got to take that first step of obedience. I'm identifying publicly with Jesus Christ, letting people know that. So that's an important thing. So Paul, he got uh, Saul got baptized right then, and then and then look at verse 19. I didn't see, first of all, I didn't see who, who didn't raise their hand. If you had never been baptized, let's get that scheduled. Can I get amen there? All right. I would encourage you to do that. Okay. Now, he says, verse 19. Uh, and when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples there at Damascus. Okay. Uh, he's with the disciples there. Look at verse 25. Then the disciples took him by night and led him down by the wall in a basket. All right, verse 25. So remember, do you remember who God put in your life to help you along the way? Huh. Aren't you glad you wasn't always by yourself? All right. Uh, I, I know who you're going to say. Who are you going to say? I know it, Jackie T. Yeah, yeah. Now see, I hear that and that's just hard to believe. And that's what the Lord's done in your life. Who helped you along the way? God put somebody in your path. I mean, right here, he, he met some of the disciples of Damascus and they were all amazed. This is not who we, this is not the same Saul we expected. He's testifying of Jesus Christ. And you get to verse 25 and there's people that want to kill him. And they said, we're going to get you out of here, brother. His ministry could have been over before it even started. But somebody held the rope and helped him. Right? It'll encourage you to remember those people who helped you along the way. And I don't just mean at salvation. We talked about who led you, who led you to Christ. But I'm talking about in the day-to-day. -day. You could have been saved 20 years. God put somebody in your path to encourage you and help you along the way. Uh, I don't know, you, some of you ladies were talking about how God sent somebody to answer you the uh, answer. They were the answer to your prayers. It would be nice to be the answer to somebody's prayers. Right? Because, look in, uh, I just thought about this, look in verse 26. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. Those are the people that we remember. I remember those crooks. You know, I'm trying to live for the Lord, and they hated me, and they didn't love on me, and they, they wanted me out of the church. I didn't dress right. I didn't smell right. I didn't look right. I remember those people. You run into those testimonies all the time. I don't go to church because of so-and-so. That's who we remember. But what about the people who showed up at your door 
and said, hey, we love you. Or somebody in the church said, I'll sit beside you. Right? Remember those people that helped you along the way. And it'll encourage you to help somebody else along the way. Last one. Last one. Uh, look in verse 27. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared to them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him and how he preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. Remember who you were. Remember how you got there. But remember who you are now. Okay? You may not be everything that you want to be. And you may beat yourself up sometimes. And you may look at somebody and you might think, oh, I wish I was like them. I could, I wish, I wish I had it together like they got it together. Stop comparing yourself with others. All right? Just remember who you are now is not who you used to be. Remember that. And maybe, unfortunately, you haven't changed a whole lot. Maybe that's the case. But hopefully this is the biggest difference. You once was a child of the devil, but today you're a child of the king. Your family has changed. All right? The people you identify with has changed. And start there. There are too many things in life that discourage us. Too many people, there's too many ups and downs along the way. You talk to anybody, you talk to many Christians today, and most of them got their head down and they're discouraged. They're troubled. There's all kinds of reasons for us to get there. John the Baptist, the great preacher, was about to lose his head. And he sent two messengers to Jesus and he just wanted to know, is this worth it? <laughs> Am I really about to die for the right cause? And Jesus just said to the witnesses, just go back and tell him what you've seen. Because that will encourage him. Amen? Remember. Remember who you were. Remember where you first met the Savior. When he first got you under conviction and you came to Christ. And remember who helped you to get there. And remember who you are today. That'll pick you up anytime. Amen? That'll help you. Listen, you don't have to, we don't have to live in the dumpster. If we live there, we choose to live there. Amen. And I'm not talking about physical address. I'm talking about our spirit. We don't have to live as if there's no reason to have joy in our life. We got every reason to have it. Amen. All right. That's what I got for tonight. It's 8.02. Children get picked up here in a few moments. 8.15. Y'all can spread out and pray. Some of you... You may not want to pray, I don't know.